Welcome to the 98 Studios podcast. I'm here with Kurt Hale, Kurt Bryan today. Um, longtime friend, uh, film director, awesome guy. Can't wait. <laughs> Thank to, you, Zach. <laughs> can't wait to get into it today. Um, how you doing? Good, good, good. I feel a lot more comfortable knowing you're interviewing me because you've pretty much lived at the house for, I don't know, 10 yeah, years. Ten, about 10 years. <laughs> A father fig- figure to me. Um, no, I just want to get into, I've been around you a ton, but not really had a in-depth conversation about right. what you do. So I just want to get into it. Um, from our talks, basically, I understand that when you're first getting married, you married Marnie England. I did. Yeah. Still married after. Still uh, married. Jeez, dude. We, it'll be 32 years this year. Man, that's just. Even for me, that you're just like, what? Because I think your brain stops at like age 28 or something or 27. Yes. And then Not you just, quite there yet. You, your body starts getting older, but your brain's just like, no, 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 I can still do everything. And then you, you can't. And then, you know, the years just churn along. <laughs> we have that to look forward to. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's awesome. You do. Um, her family owns England Shipping. Which, trucking. Trucking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they were in shipping. There's probably more money in shipping than trucking. <laughs> Get them into shipping. Uh, trucking, but... Very successful company, yeah. They're, yeah, huge company. And getting married, I mean, I just got married last year. Scary with bills coming yeah. and having money. Um, were you offered a job? I was. There. Yeah. So Marnie's dad, my wife's dad, is the oldest of the England sons. And there were six sons. And one of them died a little bit early. And um, uh, Jeff, Marnie's dad, broke off and started originally called Pride of England. And so he had these souped-up trucks, and he ran a fleet of them within within CR England and Sons. And then he eventually broke away. So um, now it's just Pride Transport. And I'm sure you've seen them. They're yeah. the gray-black trucks all over. Uh, they're about one-tenth the size of CR England. CR England, I think, has like Five thousand trucks. Jeez. And Marnie's dad has five hundred trucks, so it's kind of a boutique. Um, her her younger brother Jay uh, owns it right now. But when I graduated college, I was waiting around for my my film partner to get through. He I took the four year plan. He took like the ten year plan. <laughs> yes. So I'm just like waiting, bases. waiting. We we, uh, we we had a handshake deal that we would you know start a film company as soon as he graduated, and so I went to work for her dad. And, uh, he was kind of grooming me to take the company. I was yeah. the general manager and I loved working with those guys. And, uh, but I just knew it wasn't my future. Yeah. That job would have set you up for life. I uh, pretty much. Yes. I wouldn't have gone through, uh, yes. The veil of tears that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you would have yeah. gone through this journey that yeah, we're about to get into. Yeah. It, I wouldn't want it any other way, to be honest. Marnie said the same thing. She's like, yeah, you would have worked for my dad and then bit, just been unhappy. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if it would have been unhappy, but I probably would have redone the house 19 times, you know, <laughs> for some creative outlet. You would have still been doing something creative. So I thought you went to school after that, but you had already graduated at yeah. that point. Yeah, just I, were I studied English and then went to film school. Yep. Film and, school yep. and then worked for them. And then when did you know, I guess, Dave Hunter is your partner at that yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So Dave and I grew up together. Uh our parents were best friends, so I've known them since, since as far as I can remember, zero. We'd go on holiday and, and spend summers together and stuff. And he blames me for film school. <laughs> I knew I was going, and he wanted to be like an agent. He wanted to represent people and, a little and get a law degree, and, and that would have been great too. But um, both our dads were lawyers, and they both said, go get law degrees. And I, that's probably the one thing that my dad said that I should have done that I didn't do. It turned out okay. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so I was waiting for Dave. Yep. So when he graduated, you were general manager at that point. Was that a hard I was. transition or you had already decided? I mean, I had decided, but it was an, it was hard, really hard. And not the decision piece, Yeah. but telling her dad who had put so much trust in me and yeah. And was working really hard to groom me to kind of take this thing. And believe me, it's a it's an amazing company. And I, I remember I was so stressed out. Even Marnie's like, well, well, just go talk to him. I'm like, 
I'm literally throwing everything that he's wanted to give me and given me back in his face. And yeah. she's like, no, you're not. You know, he did the same thing to his dad. So you'll be all right. <laughs> It'll be okay. So, so any kids at that time? Um, maybe Montana, maybe she would have been just really young. Yeah. She's our first for those who have no idea. Yes. Um, just taking that risk at like, it's scary for me to do that right now with the studio and I have like barely anything going on right now. It's like the best time to risk it for me, but married, having a kid walking out on a business, that's a good check Yeah, and going straight yeah. to starting hailstorm. Yeah. Which, and the trick too, you make a good point, Zach, the trick. I mean, you do two years on a mission. I did. So all of a sudden you're two years behind in the, you know, in the game. Yeah. Then you graduate college and you're waiting around for your partner and then a good job falls into your lap, but you know, it's not the right job. And all of a sudden you're 20, I don't know, maybe 26 or 27. And you're like, and you're thinking exactly what you yeah. said. What is this a good leap? And I can only imagine what her dad was thinking. You, you're going to leave this and go try to make a movie. <laughs> what yeah, are you crazy? I mean, even yeah. my dad's like, uh, you're going to want to think about this. And my mom's like, you just go for it. You just go, you <laughs> so know? you had some support. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. And it's, yeah, my dad supported me, yeah, but my, yeah. but he's also was like this oh, really pragmatic. Yeah. You pick one company, you get your 10 year watch, you get your pension put together. And you know, I'm just like, yeah. oh, that's it's not my style. Not for you. So, so you leave. 27, 26 years old with Dave when he graduates, start Hailstorm. If anyone's not familiar in Utah, then I don't believe you. you made <laughs> made many. They may not know Hailstorm, but if you said the Singles Ward, they'd be singles like, oh, ward. That, oh, those guys. So go, going into that, I mean, I want to get into detail, but 2002, Singles Ward comes out. Yeah. And it's immediately huge. Yeah. So I left, I left that company in 2000. Uh, maybe one. So a year later. So yeah, we went right to work and you know, most shows take, it'll take me a couple months to write and then it'll take you a month or two in prep. And then you can shoot your film unless we, we would shoot all our films in four, six day weeks. So you're, you know, yeah. let's just call it a month. And then you have, uh, 250 hours in an edit and 200 hours in sound and some another month and that's just unheard of in you know hollywood sort of yeah. standards they're like uh we're gonna take it's four pretty, years on this film <laughs> it's pretty quick we are turning and burning <laughs> yeah plus you know as an independent we had a, a very um tight window to release in um because hollywood starts lining up all their blockbusters you know uh especially summertime there's no way we could compete with theater space in, in the summer so we'd pick the cruddiest time of year to 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 put out a, a show because you know yeah. you had theater space and you hope it had a, a, a kind of a run and so Jan end of january was that was what we had picked and like the risk and then all of a sudden that movie does so well yeah it what was that what was that feeling well it, it is that not how it went oh no no, no. it it was it, it was a yeah, a sleeper film. So typically when you release a film, you spend a ton of money on your print and advertising to get people in your, your opening weekend because your box office split is 50-50. So every dollar that you make, you're giving 50% of it to the exhibitor. Yeah. And it gets worse. The longer your film runs, it like finishes out at 30%. And so our film opened up and, and people are like, what is this? And, uh, and, and, you know, then the LDS crowd was like, these guys are making fun of us. We can't go see this. And I'm like, no, just relax. We're all, you know, we're all dying in the wall. LDS, trust me, you can take your family to this. Okay. And so what happened was just the groundswell. I think, I think Singles Ward played for like 26 weeks. Oh, jeez. Which is, which is really long, but yeah. the exhibitors were loving it because it was selling out. And they were taking 70% of the box office. Oh my gosh. So they loved it. Yeah. They're just like, Hey, what else you got? I said, Oh, stand by. <laughs> stand by. We will wear you out. Just Sta wait. Stand by and stand by goes to, I mean, Sons of Provo, yeah. best two years. RM was RM. the next follow up. And then, yeah, best two after that. And yeah, they just kind of 
an awesome cast that kind of follows through Kirby Hayward one of my favorite. Yeah. Mine too. Favorite guys. Yeah, he's so good. And uh, we, you know, I used, I took a little grief early on because people are like, Oh, you're us- using all the same people. So did Adam like, Sandler. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's because I, we speak the same language. We trust each other. Yeah. We're friends. Why wouldn't I? It so was fun being on set with them, I'm sure. And yeah, they're all awesome at improv and do a travel. Here's, improv a, here's the problem though. And I, I've never had cocaine, but I can only imagine once you've had it, you probably want it a lot. And that's like movies. You make one and you're like, I have to do this forever. Yeah. And so you just kept cranking them out. We did. We cranked them for about 10 years, ten which years. is, which is also sort of, um, interesting for a, an independent film company. Cause typically one of two things happens. One, you make a movie and it, it tanks and then you've lost all your private, you know, investors and, and they're, they'll slap you on the back and say, good job, but never give you a dollar again. Or, You'll typically, you'll make one or two that do well, and then somebody will notice you and pull you up to big leagues. Yeah. You know, you're like in a farm school, and then they're like, wow, this kid knows how to make movies. Hey, you want to do something for us or something bigger? Yeah. And we just, um, I don't know if it's because we just kind of shut our doors to that or what, but our trajectory was long, long, very long for an independent uh, film company that was kicking out primarily the same kind of stuff. It was all LDS and... And that was not the original tent, by the way. Oh, really? So, well, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give your listeners a uh, an inside. So my my real name, like you said, is Kurt Bryan. Yes. And people at home are like, no, what? Nobody He's knows been that. lying to me. <laughs> nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. So now everybody knows. So what happened was my grandma um, Ruth Hale and her husband Nathan Hale started the Hale Center Theaters. Yeah. And if you live locally, you you absolutely know who those are. And when I graduated film school, my grandma gave me all of the screen rights to her stage plays. Oh, and she sweet. had written like a hundred of them. That's awesome. So I still have those. And so even in film school, I began adapting those like immediately. And uh, and then a friend of mine from film school, uh, we were just getting ready to graduate. And he's like, hey, I know you're getting ready to make a, a show. I've I've got a script you should look at. And I'm like, okay, what what is it? And he's like, well, it's it's about my life. I'm like... Dude, we're 25 years old. What possibly? I've been through a lot. <laughs> Would you serve a Nam? I mean, what, what, what could you possibly have to tell? And it was the singles ward. Oh, really? And it was super rough. And and he was a genius. He was a stand-up comedian. So he had a lot of the jokes in there. And then we kind of went in and fattened it up and and turned it into the, the movie that it was. But uh, And then it worked so well. You it kind of worked so well. Kept and, going with it. And to be, to be fair, I we capitalized on the novelty of it, obviously. Yeah. I mean, nobody was doing that at all. And uh, so we had this, like I said, this big groundswell. And um, <clears throat> and then that just derailed us. So I put all my grandma's stuff on hold. But in the meantime, <coughs> sorry, no, I, came, uh, I went from Kurt Bryan to Kurt Hale in homage to to, the original. to her last name yeah. and, and my mom's maiden name. And, and, uh, and then that's just stuck with me forever yeah so if you bring him up it will be kurt hale but we know we're the mm-hmm. inside so it goes you say i am db yes but when kurt zach hale. comes over it's kurt bryan it's kurt bryan <laughs> no i so 10 years and then you've explained it to me but sort of like it was going well 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 all 10 years and then you one day walked out or what was that like deciding to be done with hellstorm yeah that's a great question and not every show worked by the way um you know i think we did god we did personally i think we did like 10 and then we had other kids not kids but people showing up with films that they wanted us to distribute so we started a distribution company that was gold yes i mean the best part of a distribution company is you take typically take a 20 percent fee you are advancing uh um, P and A, which is print and advertising budget. So you're you're advertising all the advert, or I'm sorry, you're advancing all the advertising, but it's it's kind of leaned against their show. So the risk is if it doesn't go out and make any money, and you've spent a bunch of money trying to get money, then you're out. But we were really calculated on how much we could spend on ad, and uh, so it goes your money back first, then you take your twenty percent. And, uh, and so it was a really viable yeah, company. Yeah. It was good. So some of the shows that were not as, uh, uh, lucrative as we had hoped or, um, lucrative is probably bad. were not as successful as, as we had hoped. 
the distribution company was carrying us. And then we had a record label that, dude, we we creamed. And again, it it was all novelty. Nobody was doing, nobody was taking primary songs. I wish I was a little bit older. Dude, I wish you were too. I would have been there. You would have absolutely been there. But we, uh, we took a lot of grief for that too early on. And I'm like, look, I'm not changing the lyrics at all. Yeah. I'm just creating a song that your kids might be interested in hearing. Yeah. And, you know, with drum loops and guitar, you know, and, and all that Make stuff. Make it a little more interesting. <laughs> Just a little more up, you know, radio friendly or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and people griped about it a lot, but I think we sold, I think we sold about a hundred thousand units of the single sword soundtrack. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jeez. So Between you're 80 and a hundred for record sure. Record level distribution, production, yeah. Yeah. you're doing everything. And then it shuts down or you just walked away from it? So there was a number of factors. One, I got to be honest, I think we were tiring out our audience a little bit and rightfully so. Like I said, we had entered a market that was wide open and and we were kind of the only game in town. So when people wanted to see this stuff, they'd, you know, see our stuff. And then, like I said, there are a number of other um, people taking a whack at it that were coming in. And <laughs> it sounds terrible, but every show that went out there and bombed, they thought that we were making them. Oh, really? And I'm like, no, 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 I didn't make that one. <laughs> That's <laughs> that not, not us. not us. Not us. <clears throat> and, you know, we wish those guys well, and we, we know them all, but that was not us. And, um, and then 2008 hit. How old were you in 2008? Enough to know that we were scared, but not really know what was going on. So okay, about so it was the... eight, nine years old. Okay, so your dad was... He was losing his mind like the rest of dads. He was in construction, so... There you go. He wasn't having it. Okay, so, you know, the housing crisis turns into the banks folding and and the whole world just literally overnight shut down. At least my world did. It was... uh, We had a a show that was funded and in product... or Well, not in production, thankfully, but in pre, we were just getting started and our investors one by one. Hey, man, we had a great run. I'm circling the wagons. I, I can't do this one. Hey, man, great run. Jeez. And so I kid you not, Zach, in about a week, we were done. Literally turned the lights off. Now, by the grace of God, <laughs> Jeez. Peterson, who owns Vivint, yeah. close friend of mine, went to college with him. I know the poor Todd, by the way. <laughs> you know the, the OG. <laughs> I knew the, the, the OG. Uh, he, was, he was renting the upstairs of this building and uh, he kept saying, hey, I need more space. Can you give me the uh, conference room downstairs? Sure. Hey, I need more space. Can you give me half your offices? Sure. And gratefully, in 2008, his company was skyrocketing. He's okay. like, look, I'll just, I'll just take this. And we're like, thank you. Thank Sweet. you. And he put me to work for him Yeah, so that's the so, next. So that's, that's, I graduated from film. We went right into corporate and commercials and spent the next 10 years there. And it was a great ride. Yeah. I, uh you may want to ask me some questions, but just no, in no, summary, I had seven dudes over there. I'd built a team. I had some world-class editors and a photographer that was just mind-blowing and an animator. And So that's what I want to get into <clears throat> is you are doing your own thing and you're the boss and you are pulling investors, of course, and getting that money, but doing your own thing, figuring it out, it's successful. And then 2008 happens, you move to Vivint and then it's doing well. And for the last... How many years did you work there? I was with them for about 10 years. So about, we made movies for 10 years and then I did corporate and commercials for 10 years. Yeah. And you jumped to having basically what it looked like was unlimited resources to it be able really to do. Was, I was the very first guy that they hired for their quote media department. They didn't even have a media department. Peter, I'll never forget. He knew we were crashing. He's like, so Kurt, what are you going to do? I'm like, uh, you know, I was picking up commercials as yeah. fast as I could get them. And uh, I said, dude, I'll, I just got to do what it takes. I mean, you know, I got four kids. Yeah. He's like, well, why don't you just come shoot for me until you can get back on, you know, your feet or whatever. Sweet. And so I remember I made him a, you know, they're a summer sales company and they're all bros and, you know, good looking dudes out there knocking doors. And he said, why don't you do a year end video for me? And, you know, kind of like a yearbook yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well you're going to have to get me at least a few plane tickets. I got to go get these guys, you know, out in the wild. Yeah. And I, I got to have a whole show. Yeah. yeah. This is a whole show. And it was, it was me. I was just kind of a one man band. <laughs> oh man. And I, I had an old friend. I said, Hey, you got to come and shoot with me. I just need, you know, 
you can help me lug cable. But um, we came home and slayed them. They're like, oh my gosh. Is this the Kurt? Is this like the singles ward, dude? (laughs) And Peterson's like, hey, this might work. Why don't you just stay on? And it worked. Yeah. Once again, the first thing works again. Yeah. And set you up. Yeah. And like I said, I I was unbelievably blessed because it just kind of, I transitioned very quickly into that. And, you know, I know a ton of people. Yeah. And we, hey, I'll be totally honest. We hit the reset button. I mean, you know, boats, motos, you know, all that stuff just kind of went away because we were circling the wagons ourselves too. And, uh, house. And I mean, we, you know, you remember our old house. I didn't want it. I didn't know if it was. Yeah. 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 We're getting into everything. Yeah. Just like going from a hero to zero (laughs) overnight, overnight, pretty much. Yeah. Within a week, closing the door and walking out. Yeah. So we, yeah. I mean, it might have been a little longer. Like I said, we started liquidating our, our record label and, and Scott. But was, finding a new thing in that. Correct. Just, yeah. it, it was, was done. I'm telling you what, you know, I'm, I don't want to be the bear of bad news, but you're, you're going to have this at some point in your life. I it's can't just, wait. it's just a rite of passage. Yeah. You know, this is a, and I learned a lot from it. I kept going, this sucks. I mean, I didn't, ask for any of this it's not like i had a you know and i'm just telling the whole story because really those 10 years is a lot of years having fun and doing amazing work and it was amazing and great to see paying the bills yeah we weren't getting rich but geez we had enough money to you know ride motos twice a week yeah you had thought in a sense that you had made it yeah during that yeah it was comfortable and and we like i said we weren't living crazy and i didn't have a girlfriend on the side i didn't have a drug problem and so when all this started collapsing around me i'm like hey wait a minute this is supposed to happen to those people that are mismanaging everything (laughs) i've been doing everything right so so you're at vivant now he kind of saved you in that situation absolutely and then I've, i've told him that a thousand times i'm like Dude, you saved me. So that's awesome. Yeah. And then unlimited resources to like a team and people in building that. But at the end of the day, you're still making commercials. Correct. For I still have a camera Vivian. on my shoulder. Yeah. And what I refuse to do is coming out of the film world, I refuse to make, and this might sound like an ego trip, but I refuse to make standard corporate commercials that look like. Yeah ish. You were still going to be creative. I had to be, and I had to have a cinematic vibe or I just wasn't going to do it. I would have, I mean, you know, did you feel like you had the ability to still be creative? Kurt's done all the commercials for Vivint and partnered with the jazz. So yeah, all the commercials for the jazz, anything that came out of Vivint for those 10 years, we fingerprinted everything. I mean, that was us. That was our, our, that was us. And so you're still doing what, what you loved. And then you go from Vivint and then this is just in the last five years that you now leave, step yeah, away from Vivint yeah. and then go into a complete <laughs> different field <laughs> yep. that is teaching people phlebotomy yeah. in schools. Yeah, it's Zach, it's a left turn. It's a hard left. It's but so different. Let me walk you into it. So I'm working at Vivint. And uh, I've got a, a, a kid there that's on my team. His name is, is Shane. And he has a cousin that just keeps showing up, eating lunch with us and just hanging out, wants to be in our shows. And Why is this kid here? Yeah, What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> totally. And finally I asked Shane, I'm like, what does this guy do? And he's, he said, I, I, well, I think he owns his own business and and he's just lonely and it's just him and he's working out of his basement. And I'm like, okay. And then Shane quits, goes to another company. and But this guy kept coming. And we became good friends Sweet. and just a great guy. And, and finally he's like, Hey, why don't you come do my company with me? And I'm like, okay, what is it? And he's like, well, I train kids on how to do phlebotomy. And I'm like, out of uh, his basement. Flo what? <laughs> I can't even spell that. And, uh, I didn't know what it was until talking to you. Yeah. Right. And he's like, no, no, no. I, I train kids on how to draw blood. And, uh, I said, Oh, okay. Okay. Random. But he's like, it's a niche. And, and you know that all the riches are in the niches. I mean, it's, it's, you it's, found, a, it's a small, you small, found a couple. Yeah. It's, you know what? And it's, I, I, if I was teaching a business class, that's what I'd say. I'd say, find your audience and cater directly to them because they'll come back time and time again yeah. or find a niche where there's not super crowded space and go live in that niche. Well, talking to you six months, eight months ago, 
you said it was set up to open 70 schools. Yeah. So what happens is, so he's keeps, yeah. he's like, Hey, you got to come do this with me. And I'm like, dude, uh, I, he's like, you can do the media. You can do exactly what you're doing here. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Here's- so I'm doing the media for this company. <laughs> I'm doing all the training, nothing sexy, believe me. Uh, but it's, it's important stuff for what we're doing. But, um, uh, and I started shooting videos for him, I'm moonlighting and, you know, doing hype videos and promos and stuff for him for his advertising and then, I'm drawing blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come, come to my, come to my school, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll train you and you'll get certified and you'll, so but you're still in media. So I'm still in media. Yeah. I was in, like I said, I moonlighted for him and then, you know, he said, Hey, seriously, I'm going to blow this. I'm, I've got it. I've got three schools right now in Utah. I want to, I want to open California. And I said, well, listen, my older brother has medical licenses in California. Let's bring him up and we'll take a meeting and my brother's super conservative. So I knew if he said green light, it was a go. If he's like, dude, no, then I would have probably still be at Vivint. I don't know. Yeah. But he came up, took a great meeting. Afterwards, he's like, dude, we should we should really look at this. And so I started, hey, this this might be interesting. I can't just leave my team. I, I got to give them, you know, six months, uh, you know, without sounding like a jerk. I can't just walk away yeah. and have this. You've been with them for 10 been, years. And they've been loyal and I've been loyal. We have just a great relationship and I just wouldn't do that. So yeah. I told the CMO who was my boss, I said, Hey, I'll give you till the end of the year. And then I'm moving on. He's like, uh, Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And, uh, so we gave him about six months. And during that time, he's like, Hey, I'm coming with you. They were just ready to go public. And there's a lot of things that were changing. Yeah. And, and so he left the same time I did, but, um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I left and, and went there and, uh, you know, like I said, we had three schools at the time and now we have, uh, 91 Jeez. and we've been doing it for two or three years. So we're really pushing hard. Look, we hope to exit at some point, you know, but we're really pushing on it and it's a great school and we've standardized the curriculum across the country and done a lot of things that no other schools are doing. It's typically mom and pop shops that are hey, we might have a class on Saturday. If I can get three students to show up, we'll have it in my garage and I'll serve you sandwiches. We've we've actually made it a school. Sweet. And that's helped a ton. And, and and this guy I've been talking about is a genius. He's got like 250,000 blood draws. He used to draw for the Olympics. And I mean, yes. the guy is the sauce to the to the stuff. And, and we've just given him the strength or the security or whatever it was yeah. to build this thing. And so it's, and I love my brother. That guy's, have you ever met my older brother? Yeah. He's crazy. I mean, he's a workaholic and, and I'm just, every and, time at the ranch, he's on his laptop. Totally. He, he has yep. to have his emails going. He's like he's an Iron Man. He's like a stopped. distant swimmer. I mean, he's got OCDs that he's putting to work, which is, which is a good formula. Good. Yes. So you're doing that now. Does that give you the ability to now work, maybe bring back these films that you originally wanted to do in the first place yes. and start back into what you originally started? Yep. Yep. So what's that like? So, uh, and I haven't done it yet, but it's... But def- you have done music videos oh, sure, and sure, sure, sure. short film yeah, stuff, yeah, and you have yep. gotten back into... I've got a couple scripts ready to go. I'm writing. In fact, I, I just picked up a job. I guess I call it a job. A uh, guy wants me to adapt a vampire Western for him. So I'm, Perfect. you know... <laughs> half, you know, first act into that. And so there's a lot of things that are teeing up, but I would, I'm absolutely going to get back to movies. It's just part of me. And it always and you never stopped writing. No, which is, you've always done. And selling, you know, I sold a script to the sci-fi channel. You, I think you read it. Oh, zombie. (laughs) Yes. Back when I was at Vivin, I was just moonlighting that one. And that was an interesting experience. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not going to stop. No, not, well, it just kind of gets in your blood. Yeah. You're, you're doing a song a day. I mean, it gets in your blood. I can't stop. 150, can't stop. 158 days. Uh, I might stop. 158. I thought you were like at 254 uh, or no, something. Or sorry, 258. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot. Yes. Dude. I forget. <laughs> yeah. It's no. I I heard the 10,000 hour challenge, and to be proficient in something was 10,000 hours, and I mapped out it would be four hours of writing every day for nine and a half years. And I was like, I cannot hold myself accountable for that. I'm yeah. not going to do that. And so I just put it on Instagram. This is a side note, but yeah, it's something in you Dude. just. And you know what? I, I was kind of laughing going. at that. I'm like 10,000 hours. Some people learn faster. Some people, you know, skid row it and just take 
forever. But dude, it's true. It, it is true. It's a lot of hours. And it literally at 10,000 hours, at least in my experience, you, you have an answer for everything. You've seen everything. You've seen the best of times. You've seen the worst of times. You know how to get through. Get you through just, troubleshoot and get through. And you've you truly learned, become yeah. a professional yeah. Yeah, at that point. So it's It's been fun. No, but me starting and you getting back into it, this is 30 years of making movies or 20, I don't know how many 20, years, but yeah, 20, ish. a lot, yeah. a lot well, of years. A lot of years. I guess more than maybe 25, but, um, dude, you're going to do my music on, you, I know. you've read all my stuff. I've read all Your of wife's it. read my stuff and went, she's like, I'm not, I can't do any of this stuff. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It's, no, it, it's, yeah. From the beginning, I just was, you were doing movies. I'm like, I've always wanted to do film score and just the chance of you doing another movie pushed me to like keep writing music and writing score. And in a weird way, even though you haven't made one yet, it like motivated me to just like keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it to be ready yeah, for yeah. when it's that coming. opportunity it's comes. Coming. And even if, <clears throat> even if you don't use me, which you owe it to me already. So you have to, <laughs> it's given me so many other opportunities to be able to just be like ready for that opportunity. We'll, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll do something together. So we got to do something. So my brother calls me, my older brother, the guy I work with, he's like, Hey, you still making movies? I'm like, no, ding dong. I work. What do you, what do you mean? Am I still making movies? I come to work every day. He's like, no, no, no. I mean, can you still make, movies? can you still do it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, well, my tax advisor or my accountant says the best write-off right now is in the film business. And he's, <laughs> oh man, it's He needs perfect. a write-off. I'm like, all right, well, how much are we talking here? So we actually meet with that guy in a, like a week. Oh my gosh. So it's and, happening. Well, if it does, I'm going to do that, that, um, that, that small film, the uh, final cut, you know, that yeah, takes place in the spook alley. And I wrote it really small knowing that I would probably be funding it and, um, you know, zero locations and, diminishing cast and it's a, a movie lot, a lot of blood but lot, uh, <laughs> more blood more blood we can't go anywhere else yeah, but more blood. blood bring it in more blood so just talking about i just wanted to get like your perspective on i've always never wanted to work for a boss and done my own thing and you've done both going into the industry and being successful in both of your own thing and also working for a corporate company that you're doing it what were kind of the ups and downs of both of those? Yeah, that's a great question because I found a ton of joy in both. If somebody said you have to choose one, of course it would be movies. I mean, yeah. we are flying and dying by our own hands and there's something exhilarating about that. Waking yeah. up every day going, well, it's me or no one. But I'll be honest at 10 years and maybe I had just got my trash kicked so hard that I was happy to go to work for someone else. No exposure. I was going to, bust, you know, tail for him and, and, and work every day and work hard, but zero risk, zero yeah. exposure to me. And still it was, being it was a paycheck. And like I said, they, it, it was unbelievable. The huge budgets. I traveled the world. Um, I love my, the guys I was working with. And so there's a, there's also a kind of a, a you know, a benefit to that kind of yeah. work too. Now, for sure. I will say if you're you slogging through a, a job that you hate for someone else, you you, you got to move on. That's just, yeah. that's no good for them because you're not going to be given a hundred percent. And it's certainly no good for you because you're going to wake up angry every day. So that would be, you know, my son Finn is in the same boat. He's like, I don't want to go work for anyone. And I'm like, good for you. Great. But that means you have to wake up every day and figure out how you're going to, you know, you can put gas in your car yeah. and keep the lights on. It's scary. And if you have the will and the gumption and, and all that to, to, to do it, you're going to be successful for sure. Just, yeah. Just coming full circle of you had this opportunity to be set up for life and said, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And it worked out and then it didn't. And then, and then it did. And then it did. And I'm praying it still does. And then it, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, Vivint did work, but you're corporate and you left that. And then again, successful in another field that's, completely different but just goes to show like no one's going to take that away from you you weren't handed anything you did it you were happy and doing something that some days were hard and some days are awesome to be doing that are you glad you went that route of just 100 percent. yeah again like i said 2008 was that put 50 years on my life it was just 
And and your dad, you mentioned your dad. Yeah. I, believe me, I wasn't the only one. I think 40 million people lost homes at, yeah. you know, the, the, over the course of the year and two years that followed. So, you know, for me to, you know, sit down on the curb and, you know, wring my eyes, I just had to get up. I, know, I had to just get up and fight back. And, and, uh, so yeah, you're going to have those dark days for sure. But I think that, I think that's all part of it. You but know? the risk, just the biggest thing on just the risk of, you said it, if you're doing something that's making you unhappy, why are you doing it? Yeah. yeah. And, it's way easier said than done because you can find yourself in those jobs yeah, that yeah. make sense and you can, I'm not happy this time of the day, but when I go home yeah. and I'm married and I have my family, then I'll find time to be happy then. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't going to work for me and a lot of people that listen to this of just being creative and wanting to do something yeah. different. It's for sure a balancing act because you have responsibilities. I mean, yeah. you have things that you have to step up to the plate and- Unfortunately, all of your, you know, so Marnie's little brother who owns Pride now, he he just bought his dad out. Yeah. Jeez. Crushing it. Yeah. Awesome, awesome kid. When I was GM, he thought he was going to be a pro snowboarder. He dropped out of high school, was awesome at pro snowboarding, but the difference between the number one guy and the number 20 guy is fractional. I mean, it's fractional. Yeah. Impossibly hard and... um and that's one of those, he finally came to his senses and went, well, I'm privatized. Yeah, I got my board taken care of, but it's not a signature board. Nobody's paying me to do this. I have to go, you know, meet reality in the face. Yeah. And and luckily fell into a great thing. But my point is, it's a balancing act. And sometimes you might get stuck in a job where you're doing it for your family, knowing that at five, you can go home and be with them and find some joy and then wake up and just slog through the next day. Yeah. I but can't I would, do it. <laughs> I know. And you know what? Life is too short too. And it's, I don't know, Zach, it's a hard, it's, it's a balancing act. Finn, my son originally said, dad, I want to be a filmmaker. And I'm like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do I that. Said, I don't know. I said, if you're, if you're serious, you can't go to college. You need to go to Hollywood, work from the bottom up. You, you know, you're going to be schlepping coffee and dry cleaning and then you'll become someone's assistant because you're a nice kid and you don't have a drug habit and you're not, you know, you don't have, you know, ven- <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> you don't have, you know, social diseases. You're a good kid. You're not a liar. You're, you know, yeah. you don't, and and pretty soon you 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 move up. Yeah. You really do. And you have know, you seen that throughout your life? Just like hundred percent, I have. Yeah ready for the opportunity. It's not just luck. Like if you really are ready for that opportunity, something's going to catch. And if you live your life accordingly, something's going to catch anyway. It's, and believe me, Hollywood is full of train wrecks. I mean, there's, there's, don't get me wrong. There's some great people down there and good family people, but there's a, a lot of disasters that (laughs) it's easy to be the good geniuses and somehow hang on. But you're just like, dude, if you didn't have this kind of a problem, you'd be you know, unstoppable. Yeah. But yeah, no, to your point, I have friends that left BYU film school, went straight down, you know, with their college degrees yeah. and started from the bottom because it's a trade at that point. They don't give a crap about your diploma. No. And good LDS dudes and one's not, but good kid had his life put together and he ran, he, he managed pink Cadillac for years, which is Sandra Bullock's, um, jeez. Oh, uh, production company starting from from moving move dry cleaning for um um the South Park guys Trey and Matt Stone or Trey Parker and Matt Stone Jeez. and uh, they're like yeah we we got Mormon friends he's like well I'm not really in the church but uh, <laughs> is anyone really in your church anymore I mean and but they loved him yeah. and they kept kind of moving him around and then you know he got to look somewhere else and jumped to Amblin. I mean, he, you know, and then settled on, he did, he did all the early Batman films with Christopher Nolan. He lived in Japan for years and just a good, good kid that was ready for was it, was ready for it and gave his life to it. And, you know, now he's, you know. So future for you, I guess you already kind of hit it, but still, I mean, you didn't do it for the money and you're making films and writing and you're going to keep doing that. And along the way, successes 
failures, not failures, but yeah, the no, no, world no, I failures. Me, I had and, a few for sure. I mean, uh, nothing I look back and went that failed because I didn't, you know, give it all my, I had that, yeah. that, that wasn't ever part of the failure equation, but in this business and you know, this, it's impossibly hard to second guess an audience. Yeah. So you think you're making the film they want to see and no one shows up. And that's, that's, that's normal. I think in a lot of cases, did so. you write movies for other people at some point or was it always for what you wanted to be writing or what was that no, balance? No, the balance was tricky there too. I think the worst decision I ever made was church ball. I don't know if you guys remember that I'm one. Saying it, yeah. So I'm in the shower and I'm thinking underdog and I'm like church ball. Oh, Oh, I can sell this movie on the title alone. And it was conceptually a lot of fun. And then just execution wise, it just didn't really work. Yeah. And primarily because we had an investor who was completely insane who said, <laughs> uh, dude, we need to cross over. This has to cross over. We want to get everyone in the whole world knows who ch what church ball is. I'm like, dude, no one knows it what church ball work. is yeah. outside of our culture. Trust me. No, 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 man. We need to get Chevy Chase, and he wanted all these names, and and it inflated the budget, and uh, I just I never felt good about it yeah. ever. And sure enough, we made a show that was trying to cross over. When I knew in my heart, you pick your audience and you cater to them, yeah, and you don't disappoint. Like all the, you know, the LDS people showed up and went, "What are you trying to do? Yeah, what this isn't this this isn't just for uh, you know yeah. us. We want to you know so." So no, that was one of the cases where you just kind of fall in line and, and I'm not, I, yeah, like I said, I, no regrets, but if I could go back in time, I would have done that one differently. And, and then, you know, in corporate and commercials, a client is stepping up and paying you. So you're catering directly to, you, you know, it becomes very collaborative and you're collaborating with people who have no creative bones in their body. <laughs> it's tough, so, I'm sure. So I'm like you need to tell me exactly what you're hoping for and I will get it, but I have to know so that at the end of the day, you feel like your money's well spent. Yeah. And so those are interesting meetings, but. And now you're back to just. Now I'm back to writing, you know, just for doing, myself. Just doing your own thing. Yeah. But again, there's a, you know, they say film business, your show business. Yeah. It, it's probably 40% show, 60% business. So even the stuff I'm writing, like for, uh, for example, Final Cut, yeah. you've read that. It's 94 pages. It's tight. It's one location. So again, I'm adding, I can't have this, you know, this building fall down in one of my scenes. Cause yeah. I, you know what I just, your budget is exactly and what you're right. writing. For. So I'm writing very specifically to, you know, to that kind of a, a film yeah. and still so, creative in the sense of you can accomplish it and do it. Exactly. And this, it's funny. I brought up this vampire um, Western that I just barely started on. It adapted from a book that's, um, I think, kind of a tweener. I just went, oh, well, <laughs> is this Goosebumps? Or, I mean, where are we in this? Is this, you know? And, but again, I'm sort of being teed up for a client. So I'm like, what's your what, limit here? Yeah. I mean, you know, I have my own lines, by the way. You know, I don't, <laughs> sex and nudity, it would be really awkward to shoot, by the way. And I, you know, <laughs> you gotta, so that was one of my hard lines. Yeah. But I'm like, hey. I mean, is it Western swearing? Can we say, you know, damn and hell? And I mean, where are we at on that? And I said, and to be honest, the vampire that you wrote was the old Victorian style with like two razor teeth and kind of Femi. Nothing wrong with Femi, but you know how they are. They're just kind of flamboyant and capes and, you know. And I'm like, dude, my, my idea of a vampire is someone that's going to rip your neck out and tear your arm off while he's doing it. Too uh, many I, church movies made you go crazy. Can I go that what, far at least? Well, it's funny you say that. I've been a horror fan my whole life. I know. I mean, a giant horror buff. And it writes the same as comedy. It's... You have your setups and your punchlines. And in comedy, you get a laugh. And in, in horror, you hope you don't get a laugh. You hope you get a scare or, a, you know, something. Yeah. So trust me, they write exactly the same. <laughs> and now I'm trying to blend them. You know, there's a little bit of humor in some the of my comedy, stuff. Comedy, horror, yeah. a great, yeah, yeah, a like, great place uh, for you to be in. Uh, my zombie film. You know, my not no zombie. By the way, if you if, if the listeners at home, you can find that all over. It It's on Amazon. But when I sold that... It was so ridiculous um, that the tone was kind of not winking at itself. It wasn't a comedy, but it, it was aware of itself in a lot of ways. And yeah. so the dialogue was really light and sarcastic. And 
zombie kills are a lot of fun. And then sci-fi takes this thing and like tries to make it like drama and angry. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys, you changed the tone and you can't fix that now. So best of luck. Good luck. I did my part. <laughs> well, See you my, later. My contract allowed for an edit. So, so when you sell something, you're giving away all the intellectual property. You don't own it anymore whatsoever, which means they can hire writers. They can cut scenes. They can add scenes. And That's got to difficult. They came back. I think the contract stipulated two, not rewrites, but punch-ups. And they kept saying, we need an opening scene. We need to know where these zombies come from. I'm like, no, that's like zombie rule number one. You, you don't want to know where these things come from. Otherwise, it's stupid and it's on your channel. <laughs> you know, We need to know where the zombies came from. And so we write this opening scene that I was just, it was just silly. But then, and they're like, okay, that's fine. We're going to go make this movie. And uh, so they make it. And like I said, there's some writers or something along the way and added stuff. So I get it back and I'm with their editor and he's like, all right, you ready? You know, we're in the editor's here. I'm like, yeah, hit the space bar. Let's go. And uh, 20 minutes into the show, he hits, you know, space bar again. He's like, uh, <laughs> dude, if, you know, if, if you want to just ham and egg this, we can go, we can go get some lunch and just call it good. <laughs> or if you want, dude, we can just shred this thing. It's kind of sucking right now. And I'm like, oh okay, bro, let's get back to one. And I shredded that thing. I took out every bit of stuff that wasn't mine. I was trying to change tone. Like I said, they tone, the tone was all wrong. And I didn't care because it's their it, film. Yeah. They allowed me one at it. Yep. So I send it in, you know, with my finger up. Not not really. Yeah. These are good people. But I just went, all right, well, there's my pass. You could put it all back. They call me up like two weeks later. Oh, uh, we've 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 run it through uh, you know a, a couple test audiences and stuff, and we love your cut, and we'll give you an editing credit if you'll go back through it and tighten it down. And I'm like, well, I'm not an editor, but but I think I have an editing credit on it. <laughs> oh, sweet! But um, wear many hats. But we fought again over one scene. I'm like, you can't have that scene in there. That is the dumbest scene in the world. The scene needs to stay. It makes no sense. The scene is staying. No lie, there was, some, and I sent, uh, I, I was, I was redeemed to like the highest, most redemption. There was a critic in in London that said, "Hey, the dialogue's pretty snappy in this. It's kind of fun. The tone's a little off, and there's one ridiculous scene in there. <laughs> Doesn't make like, any sense." Yes. So I, I forward the article onto a, you know, the producer over there, and never heard back. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, suckers. And then, and then they call me up. Hey, do you have another one we want to do? And I'm like, no, no. Well, actually, that's not true. He said we want to do a part two. I'm like, dude, I have blown Osama. He's in bits. He can't reanimate at this point. We well, got to figure it out. We want another one. I said, all right. Well, send me a contract. And I don't know if I never got a contract or if I got it and just chucked it. But we never did another. This one. guy's throwing away contracts. <clears throat> no, take I mean, a lesson. Zach, believe me, these are small, small, small shows. But you have had a very successful career in a creative field, and that's why that's why you're here. You're my friend, but you're also uh, been pretty dang successful I've, in it. I, like I said, I hope your audience has any clue whatsoever of who I am. It's been a long time, my friend. I've been hiding out. Well, even if it's just me hearing, hearing the advice, I want it. But no, it's very good. Is there anything else? I mean, I think we kind of covered covered everything. Just, I mean, to go over it, you hit it kind of, but on people wanting to do that space, like your biggest advice on being able to do that? Um, You know, I, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. You probably need to ask your parents. <laughs> Because they probably tell you the same thing that I told my son, pick another field. <laughs> but at the same time, it was so interesting going through film school. Some people just kind of didn't get it. Like you just get music. Yeah. I love and it. If you, if you, if you went in cold and said, well, I, I want to play the guitar so I can compose films. I mean, you're stepping back into your life. You probably picked up a guitar at age five. And so yeah. you just kind of get it or you just kind of don't. And you could, Pick the people that got it. Yeah. 
And the other ones are important too, because they want to be around it, but they end up being, you know, an office or, uh, you know, nothing creative. And so, so my bit of advice is if you've got it, you are blessed with it. It's a talent that you need to exploit. Yeah. And, and you like be I doing said, it. you're a great example of that. You've, you started, I don't know where you got it. I guess your dad was a musician. My dad can play guitar, but after his mission, he cut off his fingers. So okay, and a table so now he's saw with his elbow. So he's <laughs> just just bar chords. He has he has some prosthetics, <laughs> but no. But he uh, has a couple of guitars and uh, taught me like the basic chords. But yeah, piano is. I have one aunt that's amazing, but came from nowhere. That's what I'm saying. So you didn't have to go. I need to do piano lessons so I can create music. You just sat down at the piano. Am I? Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Same with your brother. I mean, you guys genetically have some predisposition for a talent that, in your own words, came from nowhere. But the 60% of business is where we're at right now. Yeah. And yeah. it's difficult. And that's tenuous because there's, there's hustlers out there that have been blessed with the same talent. And then it just becomes a hustle game. Yeah. You know, who's, who's thinking out of the box or who's trying to be more original and who's grinding and making songs every day. Those, trust me, Zach, those, those people rise to the top. They do. And it may take a while Yeah, and you're going to get bummed out along the way. But, but I'm telling you just from my own experience, those are the people that end up finding, you know, the joy in, in, in doing stuff they want Yeah, for sure. And trust me, you're not going to get super rich unless you get real. Not lucky. rich. What am I going to do? <laughs> well, I think you brought this up earlier in our show. Uh, if you're doing it for the money only, yeah. man, you're taking a real big risk because the money's tricky. It's yeah. really hard. You may come out with something that could change the world and it was either mismanaged or the timing was wrong or you had the wrong actor or, yeah. or something. I mean, there's just so many weird variables. It's not It's not for that, but we get to do things like this and I hope anyone listening, it's, this isn't the only creative space of film and music, but anything that you want to be doing just... Yeah, it was difficult at times of like, why I play piano? Why am I really doing this? And it's been, it's been cool to interview people and see that just like stay passionate about what it is you really love. Yeah, and it's yeah, that's the key. I've been successful yet, but it's been fun. Yeah, and you know what? Too just super quick. I know we're probably wrapping up. You may have to go do a day job to cover your nut, and then you come home and you sit in front of your piano and find yeah. all your joy. Yeah. You know, obviously you're finding that in a lot of ways. So, um, it's been no shame in that, by the way. <laughs> I know. I, I hope I can quit someday, but if it's half and half, then I'll take it. Absolutely. No, it's and what happens is the half that you're really good at and really passionate about will eventually rise. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. Is there anything else? No, you guys are awesome. You Thanks for go? having me again. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be very interested to know how many people out there are like, who, now, well, who's this dude? He what sounds did, pretty cool, what but did he uh, do? never heard of him. Look him up. His Instagram is O'Hale. Yeah. Uh, you're going to think his name is Kurt Hale. Oh, that's Instagram. You could check me out on IMDb. IMDb, <laughs> yeah. look him up. Kurt, Kurt Hale. Hale. Look up what he's done. IMDb is so funny, by the way. I, I have no idea who curates all that stuff. I've never once put anything. I didn't even know I had a page. People know. And I just went, you know, and this was years ago. I went on there and went, wow, that's pretty up to date. There's cool. a few things missing, but oh well. Yeah, you email him and say, I've done a couple more things. Yeah. I've yeah. done hey, the 98, missing, uh, 98 Studios podcast. You're going to have to right. put it on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, thank you so much for coming hey, on. Thanks for having me. I, it's It's been a great time. Awesome. So fun. Thank you.